everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paik. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, Sweet Tooth. This week we are covering Season 2, Episode 3 of Sweet Tooth, titled Chicken or Egg. Not chick or egg. (laughs) (laughs) Chicken or egg. As Rima's version of the saying goes. Gosh, you know, that was a very long day. I, I... if I didn't say it enough. I get it. Yeah, that yeah. was, yeah, between like mis, misnaming things on uh, while we were recording to publishing the incorrect episode after we <laughs> recorded <laughs> last week. I, <laughs> like, what the hell? Anyway, um, I thought this was a really great episode this week. What did you yeah. think? Yeah, same. I I really enjoyed it. I'm still like itching for a lot of these pieces to come together and i'm sure they will we're getting there uh but yeah no there was some really really good stuff in this one for sure i think it was they upped the ante on certain things things are like very serious or like you know like you can see some major issues coming to head um but then you know, it was a little dark in some places, uh, not necessarily visually, but like thematically. Mm-hmm. But then also we got some of the like lighter moments that I kind of missed. So that was really nice, too. <laughs> I I agree. It was it was an itch- interesting episode seeing where where we're going and what we're learning. We, we got some nuggets of information um, this week. Not not answers to everything, but, you know, glimpses. So that was cool. We got to visit some new places, and that's cool. Um, and I know we're going to talk about all of that, but I, I like this week's episode, and I agree. You can definitely, you can see things definitely moving forward, you yeah. know, and you can see how everything's going to start, hopefully, coming together, and maybe even getting some of our people back together again. You know, I think we talked last week. It's yeah. so hard to see everyone um, apart. You know, you just want everyone to kind yeah. of be together and in their group, and you know, you f- feel like they're safe that way and being together. And stinks having everyone so far apart uh, from each other, but you know, maybe that will change um, coming soon. So, hope so, yeah, I liked it. All right. Well, do you want to kick us off tonight with your first point? All right. Let's see. I wasn't sure I was going to have this as a point, but then kind of last second, I was like, eh, I think I started with this last week. So we'll, yeah. we'll pick back up. We'll pick back up on, on Ronnie. All right. Go with see, your gut. Yeah. There's some updates with, with her. Uh, and as I thought, I mean, it's not like full blown, but, you know, after the, the things that we saw her deal with and experience uh, last week's episode that, yeah, we're, we're seeing a little bit more of that and she's exploring that this you know these realizations of what the hybrids are and her own personal like feelings about that um and before that even she's having this kind of moment with Addie where she's just like she doesn't want him to go to Fort Smith when he drops that like that's where I'm headed she's like you're going where uh yeah you know she's she doesn't want him to go for the possible danger involved but also like she is watching him just run himself ragged mm-hmm. almost just i mean how is he functioning at this point like he hasn't slept he's just like constantly going and going and going and i mean there's reason for that he's devoted out of fear 
for him and Ronnie's lives under Abbott, but also, and I, I love the way I, I don't have the actor's name jotted down, like memorized and jotted down. I wish I did. Um, to go back and get that, but, but I, I loved the way he delivered this line where his voice wavers a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was a really great delivery where he goes, you know, he's trying to find this answer fast so he can protect the hybrids. He says, and I won't need to pull another one from the kennels. The way he delivered that line, I was just like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, like you can see it's weighing on him, but right. he's, it's still that, that, that struggle because, you know, Ronnie kind of mentions this realization she's having about the hybrids to him, that they are capable of human emotions and feelings. And she's worrying about the karma of, of the, you know, on themselves or what they've been doing. And she even says, you know, like how many lives for mine? And, you know, he has that, well, they have scales and tails. They aren't like us. And I was like, I, I don't think he really believes that. But he's, he's lying to himself here just to keep doing what he has to do. But he is. He's desperately searching for a better alternative. Uh, so when he takes off, so then we see kind of Ronnie. We don't get as much with her this episode. But uh, we see her, like I said, exploring it a little bit. Johnny does decide to grant her her request. and goes to visit the hybrids uh which is a big step in that growth and change that i think she's going towards you know when she goes in she says i hear some of you can indeed talk and i like her line she says and if you know is it true and if it is and you're hiding it then you're smarter than i thought uh she calls out to wendy and connects with her recognizes her from the drawing in the room and so has this little moment with her but also you know it's it's this kind of emotional connection and really getting to see, like, look into her eyes and be like, how human is this child? And, like, really realizing that. Mm-hmm. But then it was also her nice way of sneaking her, you know, some carrots as a gift to exchange also, uh, which was nice. And then we have, I still don't know the guy's name. I don't think I really care. But <laughs> Officer Dickweed back there, who's just been, you know, tormenting these poor hybrids this whole yeah. season. Like, cuts it off when he's yells, like, enough! And I was like, excuse me, but what authority does this asshole have, right? Like, No kidding. Shouldn't it be Johnny's place to say whether that's enough or not? But, like, this guy's like, no more! And he's like, I guess we gotta go. I was like, come on, Johnny. Toughen up. Uh, let her stay here as long as she wants. But, yeah, hopefully that interaction between Ronnie and Wendy is a start of a very important alliance. And maybe something we'll see come to play later on. And then, yeah, small little note, she finally got her Scrabble fix. She's been dying for someone to play in Scrabble. She wanted to kick Addie's ass in Scrabble, as she said, but she's got to deal with playing with Johnny, which, you know, whoa, he's playing Lug, pulling out the big big guns, you know. He, Ooh, watch out. <laughs> I, I can't throw any shade at him for his Scrabble play. I am not a great Scrabble player by any means, so won't hear anything come from me, but I feel you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she has doom in reserve, whatever yeah. that could be uh, be meaning there, kind of foreshadowing a little something, whether it's just the show giving a little wink at us, or if it's like her kind of, you know, thinking of something herself. I don't know, but I'm curious. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting um, note there. Yeah, I agree with what you were saying. Um, I yeah, that delivery of that line from Addie was, yeah, you can really see how it's weighing on him. And I think especially as he's gotten to know Gus a little bit more, and mm-hmm. you know, had a bit of a connection with him, 
not always super friendly, but still like trying to connect in in a way and getting to know him. You know, he's he definitely got to be feeling it. And I felt when he was telling Ronnie, you know, hey, they have scales and tails. You know, I I wondered if that was maybe yes for some of his benefit, but also for hers, because if she believes that these kids have feelings they have thoughts you know um they 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 can feel pain they can experience things they have human emotions they might be hybrids but they can you know they can experience very human things then she's going to be like don't do it anymore don't yeah. don't sacrifice any more hybrid kids for me you know and so i wonder if it's him like just promoting that propaganda that's been put out there that hybrids are wild animals they they can't speak they're there's no thought you know given to them at all um so i i wonder if he's doing it for her too because he he mm-hmm. i think doesn't want to think about her ever saying like don't or stop stop what you're doing um you know sacrificing them for me um there was a lot of conversation in um in this episode for like destiny and karma i i loved mm-hmm. All of that that was coming up fine. And you can see that like Addy's kind of finding his way, what he feels like his purpose. He really seemed reinvigorated and, you know, renewed with this new information that he's been given. And Ronnie even seemed um, to a degree kind of revived meeting those kids. I don't know what it's going to mean moving forward, but it seems like, you know, she was really, like you said, trying to connect. And I thought that was a, a really sweet moment, you know, when she identified Wendy from that picture that she, that she found and gave them vegetables had to be way better. I very much dislike vegetables, but if I, it's that or dog food, I'm going to eat the vegetables. Um, So I thought that was a really sweet gesture on her part. And yeah, I I hope she helps them find a way out. I hope they escape. We, We didn't get that far yet. I really hope those kids get out and I hope she's, uh, plays a part in getting them there. So yeah, I agree. She she was one of my notes too. So that's just ties right in. Well, I think I'll start. I don't really have anything in order. They're all just kind of all over the place. Um, but I wanted to just talk about Bear for a minute. Right. And yeah. yeah, so we got a little bit more of information about the people that she's um traveling with and have met up and we get to meet opa and ona (laughs) they're so delightful yes (laughs) just the sweetest um elderly married couple and wow i don't know i mean we haven't it's unfortunate that in this uh series so far we haven't seen a really a whole lot of old people like yeah they've been through it right like they've they've not only survived like the sick in the last 10 years and they know and understand what life's like like they they have a whole lot of history you know that they can share with you know these young folks who are you know i feel like we see a lot a lot of young people but not a whole lot of like older people um so it was really fun and interesting to get to know them and hear their story and so sad to hear them when they're talking about like the children that they had the and um the grandchildren that they had and all of them had passed except for Logan um so Jordan, Jordan. why was i saying Logan 
don't know where that came from. <laughs> um, so I loved getting um, to know them, but then also getting to know Jordan and learning who his dad was. Now, we didn't get yeah. a name, but Bear kind of has to reconcile a little bit of her past and, and what she's done hearing him talk about who his dad was and that he was killed by someone um, or, you know, killed by the animal army, which she was in charge of. Right. So, I mean, there's no way of knowing for sure, but she's thinking like I very well could have been the one that killed your dad. I wouldn't even yeah. know. And then, so when he follows it up with like, it's not your fault. And she's like, well, I know that look on her face. Kind of like, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah, probably was my fault because that's what we did. And yeah, she was in charge of them. Even if it wasn't her directly, indirectly, she would still be responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting to see how she's kind of, you know, kind of forced in a way to kind of reckon with some of her past actions. Um, and and I, gosh, I know we've talked about it before because we, we're in this po- post-apocalyptic you know, world and there's a sickness, you know, that's like wiped out a lot of humanity. And again, I feel like there's just a lot of real world, you know, (laughs) uneasiness that kind of floods into this narrative a little bit. But um, I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens for them next. I won't go too far into like what, where we were at at the end, but I loved kind of getting to see a little bit more of the country where they're at you know they film in new zealand which i apparently forgot for quite a while until anwin reminded us um that mm-hmm. they filmed there and how beautiful it is uh and getting to meet some of the people out there because i'm always like well who, who you know i feel like we don't see who's out there you know and and what people are doing and how people are surviving and what it's like so it was interesting to to kind of get a little bit more of a clear picture into this um group of folks that bear um has gotten herself aligned with do you have any thoughts on that or anything you want to share yeah well uh bear is actually one of my points as well go for it so yeah so if you've got all your your notes about that yep yeah for uh, now yeah just to talk about yeah becky slash bear uh calling her bear a little more this one even though she's kind of hiding that from jordan again like we mentioned Mm -hmm. uh but it's just because uh a little note about that's about her but more like you know gus i liked early in the episode where gus is you know sharing the epic tale of bear this wonderful and powerful hero that i just i love how much he admires her and i i really hope again like we've said that they can be reunited soon it'll be nice to see but uh and then how much she's like really trying to figure out how to get back to him and so yeah, so she's talking to Jordan, which it's good that she kept that history vague. You know, I had a group of friends and we fell out, so I left. Uh, <laughs> That's a yeah. very broad generalization of what happened in season one. <laughs> uh, uh, which, I mean, it's good. Yeah, she didn't mention, yeah, so I was part of this animal army and then, oh, oh, what happened? Oh, oops. Yeah, so good that she <laughs> didn't mention that right <laughs> off the top. Um, and then also she says, and then I met up with some other friends and the, the fact that she refers to, to Jep and Gus as a man and his son, I, know. I don't know if I can handle the level of adorable that is. I know. <laughs> same. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. And, and as they're walking along, yeah, uh, the train goes by and drops off these like packages. So we're seeing Abbott's recruitment and propaganda 
is working. You know, Jordan and some of the other travelers are planning on enlisting as last men uh, for supplies and protection, mm-hmm. which Becky shares her dislike of last men tactics, but she's not like super strong about it. She's just kind of like, are you sure? Because they do this stuff. And are you OK with doing that stuff? Like she doesn't hide the fact that she isn't a big fan of the last men and then that she, you know, doesn't hate hybrids. Like she's very open about that kind of those parts of her. Uh, but she kind of gets to know is like, I like that she doesn't react super poorly. It's like, you last man and you were like, you know, he was, your father was the last man and you want to be one. How dare you? You know, yeah. That she was very calm and nice about everything. And just, I guess, seeing what she could learn and glean from it. Uh, and I think she does have some sort of connection with Jordan. I don't know if it goes very far past just kind of acquaintances and friends. And I don't know if it will go any further. And I don't care whether it does either or not. It's fine, you know? Yeah. Uh, but they have some interesting conversations. I do like, you know, while they're down at the river and Jordan's saying, you know, we're the last human generation. There's no more humans after us. And But Becky says, that, no, the hybrids are the next generation. They are a continuation of us. And it's like the difference of ideals and kind of opinions and, and mindsets on those things is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they get headed towards they were go- where they were going, and the- Becky finds out through Jordan so they're headed to Essex, which we know is where this zoo is, and then he even mentions the zoo and their hybrid containment and things like that, and she's realizing what's going on. She knows Gus was taken. Well, that's where he's going to be. So she's off to save them, even to the point where when they're not letting civilians in, all this talk that she's done leading up to this. And now she's like, I'll enlist too. Because whatever she needs to do to be able to get in and have access to Gus, she will. And so there's that, you know, so I think hopefully we will get that reunion very soon because we know they are pretty, she's close by, she's there. And she's, uh, she may infiltrate her way into the zoo base there a little bit. So I'm excited to see how that goes. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, that was great. I thought um, if anyone's going to be able to, you know, help get Gus out, it's going to be Bear. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if her and Ronnie find a way to connect and they can work together and kind of come up with a plan and get him out. I'm I'm really excited. I love that she didn't even think about it. You know, she's like, well, I'll just enlist too. And I'm, I, at first I was thinking, oh my gosh, do you even know what you're getting yourself into? Um, but I'm excited, excited to see that. And I, I, I agree with you. I'm glad that she didn't, you know, have a lot of judgment towards Jordan and his decision to enlist. And he's like, look, I'm not for or against anyone. I'm trying to make it better for, you know, his grandparents, you know, that's who he's looking out for. And and he's not wrong. You know, the last men have resources and supplies and kind of gives you a certain place within whatever society and structure that exists in this world that it gives you a means to help the ones that you love. You have access to things. You know, you could see how excited they were just to get, you know, those bundles of supplies you know, that, that came off that train and how scarce things are. So, you know, um, but it was interesting. I liked their conversations when she's like, you know, they, you know, the last men do all of these bad things and they kill hybrids. And he's like, well, you know, not all of them. My dad didn't, you know? So it, you know, it, it, it was interesting to see how she was also maybe trying to kind of, you know, convince him maybe that all hybrids aren't bad. 
you know, when she's like, you know, we're not the last generation. The hybrids are next, you know, like there's there there's life, you know. Mm. So I like that. Exciting to see what happens next. Um, let's talk about Gus and Addie going to Fort Smith. Yeah. That I thought was really cool. Um, getting to see like where things started and I we got man, talk about so so much that happened there in in this episode and and like this range of emotions and things that happened in this like flood of I think information um that came um from there. But when they get there, um I what was interesting, I want to focus um mostly on Peter, I guess. Um <laughs> Because I, oh, <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a lot to talk about at at, at the lab. So let's. Oh, for, that's, for, I, it's yeah, it's one of yeah. my points, and like by far the biggest point. Like I've got. Yeah, I feel I like almost. Feel like I was like I could have broke this into like two or three points, but it's all just one thing. So I was like, I'll save it till the end, or for now, because you're going to bring it up. So say what well, you got to say, and then whatever, I'll I'll back clean up. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we're just maybe we'll just have more of a back and forth here or something on it. I don't know because there's so much that happens here. Um, and like I said, it, it wasn't even in any particular order, and it might be my biggest point, but it's not my last or anything. So I don't know. This I'm kind of all over the place tonight, but it's like you know I'm excited to kind of talk about it. So I guess that's why I'm jumping in. Uh, but I'll start with uh, Peter and. Mm, I feel like we've had conversations before about like the costumes and things that they have for the kids and uh, that that was that was hard. It was the the whole <laughs> suit and effects and all of the things. I'll I'll just because I feel like we have to talk about it. It I don't yeah. think was was great. It was not great. Right. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's a little awkward looking. Yeah. It was a little awkward looking. Um, so I feel like we have to at least acknowledge acknowledge that and talk about it. But I'm not gonna let it like take away from this character and what I feel um, he's experienced because I you know I feel like or as far as we know at least so far he's been in this uh, lab and Fort Smith there by himself for like this yeah. entire time. It, it, it I, I'm guessing anyway. We don't know that for sure um, as fact, but I'm assuming he's been there like the entire time, hiding out and been all alone. So he doesn't know how to interact with people. He's probably very, very scared, which I think is evident as to you know when he's attacking, you know, the last men. Um, and I think that's just all that he knows how to do to like protect himself. Of course, he's scared. Um, but to see that moment with him and Gus kind of connect, um, I mean, the, the talking thing, it was weird. Because um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm like, he's not like he doesn't have lips and didn't move his tongue. But whatever. Like I said, I'm not going to like I'm going to acknowledge it, but I'm not going to like harp on it or anything like that. It was but it was it was bizarre. But seeing that moment of connection, you know, between these two hybrid kids um, was so sweet. And to see how uh, vehemently Gus protected him, like when they were 
um, when the last men, the rest of them had come up and started to chase him and he was trying to protect him. And even there at the end, like I gasped, like I was freaked out um, whenever they shot Peter. And and even knowing that it was like a trank gun, it broke my damn heart. I think I cried a little bit. Um, And I don't know, it's because I love crocodiles and I keep seeing like this, (laughs) like humanoid looking crocodile. (laughs) I don't know. I do. I love crocodiles. Um, I just, it broke my heart. And, And at the end when you know, Gus told Addie, he's like, if you hurt Peter, I'm not helping you anymore, which great moment for Gus. I mean, you've talked a couple of times about his maturity and growth, you know, this season, you know, that I think was another demonstration of that, but to see, you know, how he's really trying to protect his fellow hybrids, you know, and how far he's willing Mm -hmm. to go. Um, you know, was just beautiful. That delivery too was, I mean, Christian Convery. But like, you look in his face and you're like, oh, he means it. Like, there would be no talking him back into anything. He's like, this is what we've, you know, made. Because it, it, I like it was come, it came right off of Addie being, you know, saying, thank you, Gus, you helped me a great deal. And he's like, cool, but I'm not going to help you anymore if you don't keep your part of the, you know, your part of the deal here. Which I like Addie's response is a deal's a deal. So we'll. We'll see. We know Addy really doesn't want to hurt the hybrids if he can right. help it. So he'll do his best. But but yeah, I I, I think <laughs> Gus is showing that he's very serious. It means business. It's like you will not get anything out of me, no matter what that means. If if you don't keep that part of the bargain, right? I I love that you are a hundred percent spot on. I that his delivery was perfect. And I I believed him completely. Um, so that's that's the first part that I'm going to talk about. But um, I'm not go- going to monopolize the entire conversation about the lab because I know that you're going to have some stuff, too. But I wanted to start there because I just I loved getting to be introduced to new hybrids that we haven't seen before um, yeah. and seeing that connection. And just, I guess, that emotional maturity that's come from Gus and and yeah seeing that from him and seeing that connection with Peter that he was able to like calm him down and, you know, mm-hmm. um, speak to him, you know, um, and get through to him. Like no one else was going to be able to, um, but I wouldn't have been mad had Peter taken off that guy's leg. You know, I, oh, I was, I was like death roll. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was so cool. I was like, Oh, he's in a death roll. He's done yep. for. You, if you, once you go into death roll, it's bye bye time. Yeah. Um, but but I, yeah, I really did for a second think I was like, are we about to watch this guy's leg get snapped off? Because I don't know if this show's ever gone there, but I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> well, and even though they didn't, it was still quite violent. You yeah, know, still quite violent. But um, and I'm like, you know what? He could have probably. Do you know how much jaw pressure a crocodile has? Mm-hmm. Like the capability? Huh. It could snap that bone right in half. No problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought, oh, he's in death row. He's done. Um, but yeah, it was great. Um, so yeah, well, I'll stop there because um, I want to hear um, what what you think. And if you want to go into any of any of your point um, about right. the lab. I'll like jump around a little bit too. Uh, okay. Just yeah, because kind of reiterate maybe some of the other stuff if I got other little notes and then add some more. Uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> Peter. Since you're talking about that, <laughs> just funny. I was just like, oh, they found something in Fort Smith. All right. 
a modern descendant of ancient dinosaurs. That's right, a chicken. Uh, no. <laughs> and, and other chickens that have been surviving here on their own and being eaten by something that's definitely more frightening. Yes, Peter. Um, Do you think which, Peter was yeah. raising the chickens and like that's how they they're still chickens? Like he's raising the chickens know. and eating them, or yeah. were they just kind of breeding on their own? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Would Peter be able to do that? I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I'm just like, how are those chickens still alive? What is Peter eating? Is he eating the chickens? I don't know. Well, I think he's definitely eating the chickens. I think we saw a little hint of that at one point. Oh, maybe I missed a, that. Oof. Yeah. Well, I'm glad but I before missed Before we see Peter, yeah, like, Addie, like, is, like, walking down a hall, and then it, like, focuses on, like, feathers and bones and blood, like, in the corner of a room somewhere, and it was like, oh! Ooh, but, uh, <laughs> okay i'm glad i didn't see that it was a little dark there so i'm glad yeah. okay okay mystery solved <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's eating them uh but yeah so then when we saw him as an out pops peter not cottontail uh peter <laughs> chompy scale no nah, it's not great but i'll go with it um but yeah the the death roll uh and then yeah he's he's been there all alone aside from the the chickens but yeah, uh, I think we answered our question from a few weeks back of creepiest hybrid. Uh, he kind of makes Bobby look like the cuddliest, the cuddliest little baby in the whole world. So <laughs> stark contrast, yeah. Um, yeah, it's gonna take a lot of work to feel the love for Peter a whole lot, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see where we get. Bobby grew on us, Peter. We got to give him a chance. We got to give him an opportunity, right? Uh, <laughs> So yeah, um, you talked a lot about Gus's maturity, which I have stuff in here. But on the flip side of that, I think this also, and I mentioned this off the top, a return to just some like really lightheartedness where this episode gave Gus some moments to just be a kid again. Like you really saw, even as like serious this mission kind of was, we saw him be able to just like goof off a little bit and be a kid. And it starts even when they're driving there, and uh, <laughs> Hulk, as I find out this guy's name, thanks to the captions, I know that this last man, this main last man on the mission with them is named Hulk, which is interesting. But yeah, where he's like, oh, well, they said you can talk, so why don't you talk? And he has that very, are we there yet? Which, he's doing his job as a child on a road trip. Very well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That was perfect. <laughs> he is playing that role. Uh, perfect. Even Addie is amused by that smartassery a little bit. I like the little smirk that Addie has after that as well. Uh, and then, yeah, just him being a kid. You get this montage. He's running and sliding up and down stairs, pushing the water fountain button over and over again, spinning around in circles in a chair. Just being able to goof around and play until hulk like shuts it down because he hates it <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah so it was a good contrast of you know this whole section of the episode where they're at this thing where it's just like it's kind of this serious moment where it's like oh what do they expect of gus is anything good gonna come from this and then in such a strange location we get to see him let loose and just be a kid for a while but then when things get serious again, he steps up and fits that mature role again. So I think that's just, it was, it was great for that to like, we get the growth arc of Gus, but also got to see like K 
kid Gus having a good time as well, which I haven't seen in a while, and I missed that. So I know, nice. <laughs> I know that was so great seeing him playing on the stairs like that and on the rail. Mm-hmm. And then let's see, just other stuff with Gus, I guess. Um, you know what kind of person carves their name is <laughs> into their possessions, like <laughs> shoddily carving it. Uh, Richard Fox, a.k.a. Papa, does, uh, just so Gus can conveniently find the toolbox and, and the multi-tool and take it. Well, but. a quick note on that. To be fair, there was a place that my daughter worked during the summers when she was in college, and mm-hmm. she had to have a toolbox, too, and yeah. they had to have their names on them, and they would sometimes sketch into them okay. their That's name. Cool. Okay. So uh, when I saw that, that did not look too odd to me because I have seen All that. Right, yeah. Okay, oh. <laughs> I wouldn't. Know, yeah, so maybe it is like a thing for like people with that. So yeah, because it's just like he carves he was, his name. It is like there's no like label. No, like <laughs> I think you had to, especially but, like. Well, I yeah. know he was like a janitor, or was he maintenance, or was like a janitor? I don't remember when yeah, he worked like, there. I don't remember both. Maybe maybe to, both. You know, he, but I feel like you always had to keep your stuff labeled. Like that was like your tools and like yeah. So in case someone tried to take him or something like that. But anyway, that that was not. Um, yeah. Uh, uncommon for me. Nice. Yeah. But then, yeah, Gus gets the, the multi-tool to take back, which could help with their escape there at the uh, the zoo, the other kids. So that's nice, because that button wasn't cutting it. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, and then... Let's see. Because uh, I have more notes, but it's just kind of then, you know, the things that they're looking for and the things that they find. And I can, can I go into that, or you, I can kind of throw it back to you, on because I'm sure you have notes and stuff about that as well. I, I, I have, yeah, I mean, I have, I think, a couple of different things about that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can, I can go next, if you want, and we can Just kind of back converse. and forth on the same point for a little bit. But yeah. It's a big point. It's a big part of the it episode. It is. Sure. There's a lot that happens, so... Well, do you, let's talk about, we, so we got a little bit of discovery from this, um, oh, Jillian, her name's Jillian. Did I get Jillian Washington. Thank you. I thought Mm -hmm. I had her last name here and I lost it. Um, but yeah, Jillian, we got a little snippet of her, uh, and then we get to see more. And I'm really curious about who this person is. You know, I yeah, mean, I mean, she's like the, the director and team leader of Project Midnight Sun. She's like Birdie's boss. But it seems like the point of the project was to eradicate disease in general and make humanity disease free. Mm-hmm. And somehow it looks like she managed to accomplish the exact opposite. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I I thought it was good to get her introduction a little bit mm-hmm. and get her voice over. Um, getting to hear about I guess what what they've been working on and why they've been working on it. Um, and we also get a little glimpse of you know we saw uh, Birdie in the Arctic. She's discovered this yeah. ship and. You know, we were like, what the heck is she doing here? And what is this? And what's going on? And seeing the the flowers and things like that. Well, 
now we're getting some information and yeah. we learn that there was a scientist named James Thacker. He had um, a muscular degenerative disorder, made this journey to the Arctic in the early 1900s to, uh, you know, explore this village. Do people live in the Arctic? I mean, first of all, I mean, that's a side note, but... Yeah, oh, I guess because it's like Alaska, so... Well, I mean, there's like I guess Alaska's the Arctic. I I don't know. I guess I think of way, like the yeah. North Pole is what because I, I think like. right because I would say like and I don't know I could be off geographically if there's different but it's like like native tribes and villages like the Inuit people and things like that that have I guess I just that area yeah I guess I just like I know Alaska is like cold and it's I guess <laughs> technically I don't know I guess when I think of Arctic I think of like North Pole like extreme. Yeah. Like <laughs> Arctic Circle. Like, do people really live there? Like, besides Santa, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just the having village a village. <laughs> yes, the elves don't age. What's going on? No. Um. See, <laughs> that's it. That's who she says. That's who they're looking. For. That's what they're looking for. Just yeah, ageless elves. <laughs> I don't know, I guess I just never thought of Alaska actually being in the Arctic for some reason. I don't know. Again, geographically, when it's that far north, all I know is it's cold as shit and I want no part of it. That's all I know. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, he's he's off to explore this village where the, the, the villagers were rumored to be free of disease and live past 100, which sounds terrible to me, honestly. Um, <laughs> and so they... Um, you know, end up at Fort Smith to try and investigate these villages, you know, that, that he was looking for, um, which she seems very interested in. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's no more than a lot of us do. Right. She seems to take care of herself physically. You know, you see her exercising. She's out doing things and she takes care of her skin and she's, you know, doing yeah. all of these things. She seems to, you know, be uh invested in that for some reason um maybe it's just for the research i don't know but then with that then we get to be introduced again to birdie and kind of see a side of her where they talk about you know traveling to the arctic you know taking these ice core samples finding these microbes um and yeah it, it sounds like they're you know what they wanted to do was modify these microbes to help the immune system but something else happened instead and mm -hmm. they ended up with hybrids which you know interesting to learn how they got there and then we got to see and meet baby gus mm -hmm. wasn't that who knew just the cutest <laughs> um and i guess one thing that when you know getting to see Gus so carefree for just a few minutes in this episode, but man, he had some heavy moments in this episode, right? Yeah, there's that for sure. I although the one moment that I'm thinking of the most, I don't know if I'd call as much heavy. It's just, I mean, it was definitely emotional. But yeah, where they find the videotape with the you know, within the Midnight Sun stuff, and they're playing it to kind of look for you know clues and and answers. And Addie's getting the good stuff. Of course, these revelations of the project's purpose and their findings, like you were talking about, which is big for him and what he's wanting to do. 
But then we see Gus on the other side of that. The only thing he's concerned about is just seeing this footage of his quote-unquote mom, Birdie. And it was just the way that, you know, because, like, Addie, like, pauses the video and was like, holy shit, oh my god, do you know what this means? And as he's, like, rattling on, you just see Gus reach over and just turn it back on. Doesn't say a word, he just turns it back on and continues watching. And, I mean, he's just standing there staring at, like, this video of her holding him as a baby. And it was just very emotionally touching. And then even, you know, in the video where, like, Birdie says, Gus is a miracle and he can help us understand so, so much. And he's just so drawn into this. And, like, you can really see the effect it has on him. And then when Addie's ready to go, Gus just asks, can we stay just a little bit longer and watch? Like, you can see how much this means to him. Mm-hmm. Ugh, getting to s- see that. Because he, if I'm remembering correctly from season one, didn't he just have, like, some really faded photograph of Birdie? Yeah. And that's all he had. He's like, this is my mom. You know, mm-hmm. and that's all he had. And when you think, all it could make me think of is like how so many of us like take it, uh, take for granted the fact of all the the pictures that we have with our family or our moms or our parents right. or whomever it is that that cared for us and raised us or were meaningful in our lives as kids, right? And you know, we have pictures and videos and the technology that we have, right, with our phones, and you can just always get a picture, you can always get videos, and you can keep them forever stored in the cloud and things like that. And he didn't have any of that. And and what he's yeah. seeing, you know, there in the lab is what he's seeing like for the first time, you know, he didn't have any pictures of, of, you know, which I know biologically Birdie was not his mom, but yeah. the closest thing that he's had. And he's getting to see how she's like cuddling with him, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's got to be thinking like, wow, like, look how, you know, she loves me. He's got to be like kind of feeling that love. And it just makes me feel so bad for him that he's missed out on that. I mean, I know he had Pubba and he kind of acted as, as, you know, kind of filled that role, you know, for Gus, you know, um, growing up, but how he just really missed that and what that must've meant to him getting to see Birdie, you know, you know, cuddle with him and talk about how special he was. And, you know, in that moment, um, to hear her voice for the first time. Yes, that too. Good point. Yeah, I just, oh, I just, I know the tears were mm-hmm. just there for me anyway. I was thinking, oh, you, you, you poor sweet boy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, missed out on, on that love. And it was, it was such a contrast to hear or, and to see, you know, the care that Birdie took with him and, you know, smiling at him and when he's in the incubator to take him out and she's cuddling with him and talking about how special he is. And while, Jillian was talking about him as like a specimen you know I was like ugh you know that's so so (laughs) science-y you know to not even thinking of him as like a a living breathing kind of you know person or boy you know I mean we got the reveal in the first season also but again just they reiterated it and said it again I mean Gus is genetic uh, what is it Um, oh god Oh God! Yeah, what what the hell? Genetic unit series one or something yes, like that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> yeah, it's oof. It so it was rough, but yeah, what an emotional moment. I know it was emotional for me, and just thinking of Gus's feelings and you know putting myself in into his shoes and how special it was as he's just holding that little little baby chick. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's such a sweet kid. I can't. Yeah. 
Anything else that you wanted to say about that? Uh, I'm sure I might have a couple other notes. Uh, see, we talked about most of it. So when they first got there, which was interesting because, you know, Addie brings him to Fort Smith. He's like, oh, let's see if it sparks these memories and if you can help me find anything. And mm-hmm. what do you remember? And it's just like, at first, Gus is a total letdown. Uh, you know, <laughs> nope, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about this place. This is all like, sorry, kid. And you see Addie like struggle just a little bit with staying calm and like positive for a moment. He's like, Ugh! and then there's, there's a lot of writing on this, but you know, Gus isn't much help, but it's not his fault. Uh, he's not really, under the influence but, of the, of the flowers. Right. So he's, he's like, I don't know yeah, it's, like, I, it's a building. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never seen smart lights before. This is new. I don't know anything here. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Such a joy. Yeah. But. You know, uh, they're they're wandering. I do like, you know, when we first get the little hints of Peter or whatever, you know, because Gus is, we're not alone. So that's always such an ominous line, right? But, you know, because he's listening and you hit that little little ear twitch. I was like, I almost forgot about that. It's Mm -hmm. so cute. But yeah, it's those deer-like senses of hearing and smell that's, you know, something we haven't really seen him use this season yet, just because he's been locked up in that cage or talking to scientists and guards. Yeah. So here, like, we see that in play, that he's noticing there's something else going on. And let's see. Yeah, and then it comes at the time where Hulk is, like, over it and, like, okay, we're leaving. (laughs) And then that's when Peter shows up. And then after this ordeal with Peter, that's where they wind up in the right place, where they find the stuff they're looking for. It's like, oh, look, after... All this wandering around the building that they did. You should have just checked the room with Project Midnight Sun I was going to say, there's the a door. sign right why? there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why didn't we think of that? Of course. Uh, <laughs> there's probably a big sign out in the hallway somewhere. Project Midnight Sun, that <laughs> way, with an arrow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kidding. So that was kind of funny. But, but yeah, so... It, it was just kind of... There's a lot of, like, before and after. Not really before and after, but just kind of, like, two sides of things throughout that uh, whole, like, I didn't say scene, but it's multiple scenes, but, like, that section of the episode and all those parts is, yeah, we get, like, the, the difference of Gus being, like, a kid and really maturing and having to grow up. We see this just, like, desperation of, like, oh, this is nothing versus now we have everything we might need. Like, we might have found the best answers. And, and Gus kind of feeling alone to realizing that like maybe you know there was more of a love and connection to those things and he maybe does have more of a family than he does. just yeah. a lot of those little things yeah oh that's nice that is nice um i don't even know where we're at anymore but <laughs> yeah. um i'll just let's talk about uh, Jeppard and Amy. Yeah, that's Shall the we? last yeah. point, main point that I've got. So yeah, yeah. Let's let's jump in there. So what I really liked about this part was getting to see, or kind of expanding our world a little bit, you know, and, mm-hmm. and getting to see what is going out on out into the world, um, and kind of seeing how people are are. I won't say really living, but surviving. I'm going to say surviving because yeah. I, you know, feel like no one's really living. They're just trying to survive, especially now that like this doomsday 
uh, variant is is out there now and really seems to be wiping people out. It was an interesting look in into this um, town that they went to and kind of seeing the conditions that like sick people were being forced to live in. Um, yeah. How he just like says it so matter of factly with the guy right there. It's like, what's that? And it's like, oh, he has the, the sick. So they're, they've got him quarantined to live out his last days as they're walking right past him. Like, okay. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, like a, an animal in a cage or something, yeah. you know, and almost talking about him like he wasn't even there. Um, it, it looked terrible. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't quarantine people that are sick. You know, you don't want to obviously spread it around in, in, in your town, but it just looked terrible. It looked like you were on display, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, at least like have like a, like a, you think like the days of like the plague and stuff in the back, you know, mm-hmm. older times, there's like a sick house that people went to. Like, yeah. it wasn't like. Oh, look at this like clear bubble that we're putting people in on display in the middle of town. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and not even just but like right there as you're getting off like the boat, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, it was just like, oh, that that just looks terrible. Um but it was in, an interesting look and kind of an expanding into the um this world, you know, in this post-apocalyptic, you know, place after after the crumbling, you know, and I really loved that interaction uh, in the bar when they're in the cantina, um, when, when Jep hugged that lady mm-hmm. over the phone and he's like relating to her in such a personal way, um, man, that, that got me. That was, that was something. It was, it was great. Cause yeah, Ingrid is this woman that, she very much could have been a problem and an issue, but Jep mm-hmm. steps in with this level of understanding, and compassion. And I was just like, I don't know if we've really seen that from him, at least to that level, but yeah. it was great to see. And maybe, maybe it's because of his like relationship with Gus that it's kind of rubbed off on him a little bit that he's kind of softening up, you know, that like he's, he's, he's learning compassion and, and love a little bit more. He hasn't had those things in a while. That's what I'm going to choose to believe. Yeah. <laughs> is is that it's because of his relationship with Gus that's kind of opened him up a little bit more, maybe yeah. like his and I mean I think it's his true self. I think that just yeah. you know, because of his own loss that he suffered and the hardships of the world and the things that he's seen, probably even things he's had to do mm-hmm. in the last ten years is really built this wall around him and he's probably really pushed a lot of that you know under the surface but i i feel like that's who he really is that that jep that we saw you know showing that compassion to that yeah. woman who had lost her wife and what a sad story i don't know yeah. if this woman really genuinely thought that her wife was going to still be able to reach out to her after all this time, or if she's suffering right. maybe some kind of like dementia or something like, does she even know that it's been like, you know, nine years or well, she says, she says it's been nine years. She knows. And it's, yeah, she kind of says like, don't look at me like I'm crazy. She's like, I, I know. I, I feel like I, I, I don't think there's anything crazy or, you know, dementia or anything like that. I think she's just love can kind of put you in a desperate place and then yeah. 
That's true. That's just where she's at is it's like, I know it's been nine years and I know there's absolutely no chance in hell, but for that tiny little possibility that something could happen, that she could call me, I made a promise and I'm here. It's this kind of devotion to that, which I honestly, I kind of admire. Um, maybe don't yell at people about the phone all the time, but like, <laughs> right. but I kind of, but, but you see once Jeff sees that and like, there's that understanding where he's like, I get it. I, there's somebody I love too. And I need to get back to them that like that conversation is what gets them to use the phone because there's this, you know, sameness there between them a little bit. Yeah. It was it was really nice how he could really see her and understand, you know, where where she's coming from. Uh, so that was a really nice moment. But and along with kind of being able to connect with her on some level, uh, him and Amy were able to connect um, a little, too. And so we got a little bit of backstory on Amy and why she chose to cut herself off for so long and live behind the zoo. And honestly, I mean, as an introvert, I don't blame her. I know. It's like, (laughs) what makes someone hide behind a concrete wall for 10 years? And she goes, human beings. And I was like, Amy, sometimes it do be like that. I get it. (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't see the problem with this because (laughs) (laughs) same. (laughs) (laughs) i didn't see i'm like i I am amy i guess so you know let's hide behind walls pretend yeah people people really suck sometimes and i just want to hide behind walls too and stay away from everyone and keep everyone away from me sometimes so that was legit but i mean joking aside you know her reason for that was really sad to learn that she lost a couple of her kids yeah, you know. Did you notice the importance of that story? I don't guess uh, I did. I felt like maybe there was something there. Yeah, and uh, aside it from was, it's just yeah, the fear of her own mistakes. But yeah, uh, the the fact that she points out yeah, this last little outing she took with the kids, the two were mm-hmm. taken, never seen again, and that they were sheep hybrid specific. Yeah, when she said that, it felt like there was some weight to that. So Which, help me out yeah. here. I think is particularly impactful to Jep because if I remember right in season one, his child that was born was a sheep hybrid. He only saw it that once, but I am pretty sure that's what it was. Oh my goodness. See, this is what happens when I'm so glad you remember that. I didn't do a rewatch yeah. and I'm, I, I just do not remember all those details. Oh, Wow. So there's that kind of mm. like when she says that and then it takes that little beat uh, like focus on his face and you see his eyes just change ever so slightly where it's like that was important. Yeah. That- I need to go back and, and rewatch that and catch his uh, reaction a little more. I was probably taking some notes and might have missed that exact reaction. Um, well, if that's true, then it's interesting how you know it's it kind of brings everything around you know yeah. and that their world is a little smaller maybe than what they thought yeah i mean we forget that wendy is becky's little sister like that was a reveal in season one that we haven't really thought about or talked about much it was like that there are those connections which i haven't thought about that really till just now because you talked about that world smaller i was like 
oh shit, it just realized like clicked in my brain. I was like, well, Becky's on her way to the zoo right now for Gus. What if she she's gonna run into Wendy? And oh my god, now I'm so excited. Uh <laughs> it's so exciting for so many things mm-hmm. to happen and revelations and for reunions. I'm yeah. I'm here for it. You know, I definitely wanna hope I get to see a Gus and Becky reunion. Like you know, a, a Becky and Wendy. I, I'm I'm ready for everyone, yeah. you know, to kind of get back together. Wow, I can't hardly move on from that because I'm still kind of reeling from that. Um, I'm so glad that you remembered that and pointed it out. That's definitely a, a poignant kind of moment there. But so I, I liked that they're kind of connecting there too, um, and it's it's good to see we've gotten a lot of moments of connection in this episode, and yeah. I I liked that. So. Mm-hmm. Anything else that yeah. you want to say about that or add to it? Uh, I'm sure I have a couple notes. Kind of my last point. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. You know, they head to Factory Town to find Jep's friends, and, and they find them in a much less than alive state, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, but Amy, with the working phone, has this kind of backup plan uh, to call someone. I'm curious to know exactly how that goes. Because, uh, yeah, she it's these, like, delivery people basically is how jeb looks at it these drop-off people that she had worked with remotely she'd only talked to them over the phone she never met with them but they had helped a lot with spreading the word about the preserve and setting up supplies there and things like that so they don't really sound like fighters necessarily though i'd think you'd have to have some level of toughness to be doing what they do in this world so Mm -hmm. it's it's what she's got and so i like their kind of the end near the end of the episode yeah the i think it's right at the end where the phone in the cantina rings, which is like, ah, poor Ingrid, it was not your beloved Vanessa, unfortunately. However, yeah, yeah, the help that Amy called for has responded, so see more of that. But then, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, Factory Town's a free city, off-limits to Abbott. I thought that was an interesting little note. Yeah. Like, even though they, they say that, but that means Abbott doesn't control it, but he still is going to happily stroll on up and create some problems, right? Like, I guess he can be there, but like, mm, he's a piece it's of shit. its own. He can't control things there. He right. doesn't have any jurisdiction for it, which is interesting that there's like still some kind of like free civilizations versus like what's under the last man's rule. I'm not sure how I, it all works. But I it's know it's so interesting. And I'm just, I, wish I understood a little bit more or they explained it just a little bit more. Cause I'm like, well, why doesn't he, and why are there free cities and what is his jurisdiction and, and, and how are there just not enough people because Jep keeps talking about like, you know, his army and his, all of his, you know, we need people. And, but how many people does he have if he can't control all of the, the cities or whatever that are, that are out yeah. there. So I don't know. I, I really wish I understood it just a little bit more. This, whatever remaining mm-hmm. structure is left. Yeah. And last note I have is that was a lot of moonshine. Um, <laughs> I guess Jep is just planning on getting wasted for lunch because God. He's a big guy, though. He's yes. a big, big yeah. guy. I don't know. <laughs> just, like, she sets this like glass of moonshine down. I'm like, ah, I think I had moonshine. Uh, usually pretty good on like. Like two or three sips, and you're like, okay, I'm good for a while. Or, you know, you mix it with something sometimes a little bit in like a small 
But he's just got like a full glass. He's like, yep, let's just. <laughs> like it's water. You know that stuff has got to be strong. Like typically a shot glass size could be yeah. sipping on for quite some time. Yeah. That is. <laughs> yeah. It's been a minute. That's It's not my choice always, but, you know, um, there's certainly been, been some over the years. Um, yeah, that was intense. <laughs> Goes down like fire. Mm. Yes, that's all that I have. Okay. Um, I think the only other thing to note was just I don't know this when you when you mentioned Abbott, like just how casual he was as he's singing that song and they execute that man that they quote cured. Mm-hmm. That was just chilling. I don't know. That was just yeah. really chilling to me. Um, yeah, it's just like, we'll just dispose of this guy while I'm jamming out my three dog night. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Which, I. Yeah. It's interesting for sure. I've got thoughts on that. That's like extra notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it's kind of about where I'm at now. That's all of my main points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was just one of my notes was just like, you know, how callous he was and you know, his, his attempts at trying to recruit. And do you think he's also trying to like, what is he trying to do? Like spread the word to like this cure and like to the three that he was trying to. Yeah. So I think he's kind of, it's a two pronged attack. I think he's got this snake oil salesman routine that he's doing, Mm -hmm. rousing up the locals with anti-hybrid, hate speech basically and mm-hmm. he's trying to recruit more people to the last men he's trying to build his army build his group but at the same time you know and he's presenting this cure in quotes uh which we give to uh, he gives to that uh quarantined man that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. uh of course we know it's the temporary solution that addy had developed so it's only gonna last so long but that's enough to support his cause in this moment, which is really, I think, just to get people talking about him and his cure, because he's really after the attention and recognition of the three, whoever they are and whatever power they mm-hmm. He was told that, ah, we don't have time for you. So he's like, they can't ignore me now. I'm going around spreading a cure. I'm going around, you know, people, every small free city and town across the country is going to be, you know, cheering my name. So they'll have no chance, you know, no choice but to accept me or pay attention to me. I think that's really what he's trying to do. Ugh. And then he's really hedging his bets on Addy finding a permanent cure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor Addy working himself to death there. He's really well, yeah, betting on it hard, really, not just hedging on, but like putting everything on it, really. He's like, no, we're gonna... <laughs> oh, I've got this guy on it. I'll take care of it. Yeah. It's in the bag. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, but he knows it's a temporary fix that he gave to this guy, so we can't let that detail get in the way. So that's why he has him brought along and executed. Uh, which I'm like, is nobody from Factory Town going to wonder where that guy went? It's just like, hey, what wasn't Dave cured? Whatever happened to him? Where the hell did he go? <laughs> right. <laughs> just off living his happy life now that he's cured. Yeah. No one, no one thinks to question why, why didn't they just let him go, you know? Um, I guess they're too too caught up in the hype mm-hmm. of of the cure to really question it. But yeah, all right. Any any notes? 
Uh, let's see, just a few little things. Uh, okay. Douchebag McGee dropping the bomb on the kids that Roy was sent to the oh, butcher saying. Jeez. Which, the most badass that that guy's ever sounded, even if it's horrible, <laughs> called the butcher. I think that's the most badass thing has ever sounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so then Wendy has to come clean to them about the truth of their friend. So, of course, when Gus returns, they are rightfully pretty pissed off at him. Uh, we don't really see much past that, so it's curious to see if, you know, Gus has kind of found that leadership position we've talked about, but now, where does that stand? Because now he's been caught in a lie. He, as much as it was for good intentions, he did manipulate the emotions of these kids, so will they listen to him as he's now? Uh, let's see. A little bit of Midnight Sun, I think we talked about most of that. Other than I think I like that Addy now has this plan of using the eggs and the chickens. He's taken those and brought them to the to the zoo. Yes. So these eggs and these chickens have the hybrid modifications. So he can use those to develop medicine and a possible cure, which is much better than using the hybrids. That's a secret sauce we can get behind, right? Um, <laughs> use the eggs, not the children. Right. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> And then he kind of says, yeah, his destiny and his his purpose, which you mentioned earlier, is he plans to continue Birdie's work, maybe accomplishing something even bigger than just a cure for the sick to where maybe he can find out where Project Midnight Sun went wrong and eradicate all disease for all humankind. He's kind of got these not really delusions of grandeur, but like he's like, maybe this is my purpose. It's not only can I stop the sick and find a cure and maybe even bring humanity past where we were before it and yeah that, what happened to you doctor where did you go and i was like oh, alaska <laughs> but uh, hopefully she'll be back around now that she knows that gus is alive and out there and yeah looking for her so yeah oh that would be such an amazing reunion oh if, i'm if, yeah i'm just gonna say gus. now if we get even if it's not this season even if it's in three yeah we get that moment between Birdie and Gus in person. I'm just going to be crying and crying. Oh my I gosh. know it. I'm just ready for it. I'm accepting it. So. I'm, yeah, I'm in, in acceptance. I'll be a complete wreck. I don't, yeah, I don't think it'll happen this season by any means. Probably yeah. the next season, which we know will be its final season. So yeah. if we're going to get one, and I hope that we do in some way, um, that, that we do get that because yeah, I'll be a mess for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like all those things that you said. And, and, and then I just had one like little jokey note. So I was like, you know, Amy and Jep spent so much time trying to avoid Abbott's men just for his Dr. Robotnik looking ass to show up in person right there where they are. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like, we got to stay away from the men. We got to stay away from the men. And oh, he's here himself. Great. We picked the one place that he was going to show up at next. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> the worst timing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, the one place that you could be, you know, here they show up. Um, yeah, that was rotten timing. Yeah, some interesting times. I really do hope we kind of find find out. I mean, I, I think sometimes it's not always important to know the origin of, like, where a sickness uh, comes from. But I am really curious to know if, like, did this happen at the same time, right? Like, did did, did the, you know... Gus being this high first hybrid and whatever experiments that they were doing, um, you know, with 
this you know search of like being able to like live longer and kind of defeat aging and build up the immune system did something like totally backfire and it went just like in complete reverse you know and instead of preserving life they destroyed it you know mm-hmm. and in some way so i'm I, I do hope that we kind of get the answer to that i don't think of course we're going to get it this this season but i hope that we get there eventually um so I'm I'm curious, you know, to to get some more information about, yeah, you know, as 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 Addie has, like you said, accumulated all of this stuff from Fort Smith and taken it with him back to the zoo. And once he starts digging into this research, curious to see, curious to see what we're going to find out and where this yeah. um, came from. All right, I like it. You, we've covered all of mine. I only had a few, and we've already covered them. So. Um, if you don't have anything else to say about the episode, let's go ahead and jump into listener feedback. You can take that first one. All right. First one from Maureen Favre, who says, Peter is so creepy that Bobby seems so normal. <laughs> Do you think they named Peter after a fictional boy who won't grow up and doesn't smile at crocodile? <laughs> Poor Gus had a great day and a bad day on the same day. How amazing for him to hear his mom say so many great things about him. Instant connection. Mm -hmm. Therapist Amy really drives Jep crazy. Any episode with Three Dog Night is already great, but add Shambhala and it's next level. Kudos to music in this episode. Yeah, I'm going to interject there a little bit. There's a Wolf Alice song in this episode as well, while Jordan and uh, Becky are down by the river, and I love that too. I was like, I didn't do a music section again because this hasn't been as this hasn't been as strong as the first season was on that stuff, but there. This episode was really great on music, for sure. I agree. Yeah. Uh, she goes on to say, Ronnie owns Johnny. <laughs> I'm not sure Addie can come back from his obsession. He's now on a mission. And how great that Gus found Hubba's stuff. Yeah. Glad they took us to other locations, but I'm ready for the kids to escape. Getting worried everyone is heading towards the zoo, which means more zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we're out of there soon. Right. I agree. I agree. Don Lisbeth says, I really enjoyed this episode. Things are moving right along. Not always in good ways, though. I loved Gus sliding the banisters in the lab. That kid is so good at showing excitement, doing fun stuff. Makes me want to join in. I'm worried about Baird joining the last men. We all know she is just doing it to get inside and spy, but it could end badly. With this show, I'm never sure. It was great that Gus found Pubba's things and brought back the Leatherman without being found out, and that he got to see Birdie and himself as a baby. It's good to know that Ronnie is aware of the hybrids being actually part human and not just animals now, and I hope that she will convince Addie to change course. Looking forward to the next episode to see what happens in the kennels now that the kids know about Roy. I hope they are able to understand why Gus lied. And of course, I'm looking forward to the podcast. Thanks. Next one comes from Shay Wide. Yes. Let me know if I'm wrong and we'll get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, says, thank you for covering this great show. I just recently started watching at the request of my daughter, Catherine, who is obsessed. Mm. This show is both sweet and sad at the same time. It's a real emotional roller coaster. I'm working through season two and keep up with your podcast schedule. As for episode three, I'm really enjoying the Jeopardy. Era. I still have no sympathy for Ronnie and Addie. And disagree. And I'm worried that the kids are going to ostracize Gus. Finally, Bear joining the last men could be darkly funny if Jep finds out. Can't wait to see what happens next. 
oh, thanks, Shay. And happy, happy you're with us. And, or you and your daughter both are with us. Yeah. Morgan Allen says, I think we found the creepiest kid <laughs> <laughs> with a little alligator emoji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I, I get it. I get it. All right. We have an email from Dylan. It says, hey there, Dylan here. Nothing on the episodes other than being well adapted from the comics. I just wanted to say that I live in a city called Windsor in Essex County, not far from where the creator Jeff Lemire is from, about 40 minutes from me. He has frequented my local comic shop for signings well before the show has ever, was ever tapped to be a thing. I once had every issue of the comic that had to sell them all back to my comic guy before it got picked up for the series due to hard financial times, yada yada yada. He said that. I didn't yada 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 him. <laughs> we, didn't, we, don't, we don't yada yada over our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, it's safe to say that the show is close to my heart. The creator also has a comic called Essex County and just came out with a new one called Fish Flies that is based in the town of Lakeshore where I currently do factory. I'm typing this on my job. It's great. Don't worry. It's safe to be on my phone. The dumbest hybrid can do my job. Keep up the <laughs> stellar stuff. Dylan. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome, Dylan. Thanks so much for writing in and sharing that. All right. Next email we have is from our good friend Daphne. She says, hi, Rima and Paik. Abbott is getting closer to being one of the worst villains ever. He's maniacal and calculating and just the worst. I had a feeling once they arrived at Fort Smith, we might just be meeting a new hybrid. Welcome, Peter. I know he is more on the Bobby end of the hybrid spectrum, but I hope <laughs> folks aren't creeped out. I wish he had gotten away. I'm glad Gus threatened Addie that if he hurts Peter, he's done helping. I love that on the flip side, Ronnie is trying to help the hybrids too. Gus is doing everything he can to protect his friends, but I'd hoped they weren't too pissed about his Roy lie. He was only trying to keep he he was only trying to keep hope alive. I adore Becky's commitment to reuniting with Gus, going so far as to enlist with the last men in order to get into the preserve. I hope we don't have to wait too much longer. And who are Amy's friends? I hope they can help. I know. I'm dying to find out who these friends are. Yeah. The good stuff. I'm really, I mean, it's only three episodes in, but I'm really enjoying this so far. It's as much as I think the sentiment a lot of people are saying is like, okay, but we can get out of the zoo pretty soon. And I do, I would enjoy that. But yeah. But also, I think the pacing has been great. I oh. think, I think so. I know we're still at the zoo. Um, but we're only, I mean, we're only in the third episode and we have gotten to see um, our other characters, other places, other locations, kind of expanding a little bit. So we're not spending all of our time in the zoo, but I totally get it. I, I hope yeah. hope they get out of there soon. Plus, I just, again, hate hate seeing them all locked up. It's It's terrible. All right. Thank you all so much. We did get. Um, a couple of voicemails. Now they're from the same person. Um, Steve um, uh, unfortunately didn't get his episode two feedback in in time. So we have um, some feedback for episode two. And then he also has one for episode three. So let's see what our friend Steve thinks about episode two. Hello, Strange Indeed. This is Steve, and this is going to be for Sweet Tooth uh, season two, episode two. I'm, I'm confused. I thought we saw... 
big man when his wife gave birth. Did they get separated at that? I don't remember. Gosh, I really I, – I binged season one like a month ago. I don't remember. What happened with his wife and their child? <laughs> you left my jacket there? You're welcome for saving your life. Oh, so that was the message they heard. Now we're going to see how Dog got into the food point. Pinch. What? Drop? Yeah. Ooh, so that was a close one. Jeffers comes in for the rescue of Amy. Okay, so now we know how Dog got in with the food. It's just Jeffers, just last-ditch effort to let them know they were there. Well, that's right. You got to get Bobby's collar off. Gosh, why am I all choked up about these kids? Oh, and they're going to go back to where Gus grew up. Oh, into the woods. I don't really have a comment on the doctor and his wife's... Uh, Interaction because I don't know what's going to happen with her. It really looks like she's going to find out what the cost is for her cure and might do something rash. And now Johnny is with the kids, and this dude is just more tense and creepy every time. Oh, this is what you guys talked about the last episode. He's going to try to induce the whatever hallucinogenic state that Gus had with the flowers here. So where exactly does Jeffers think he's going to find this muscle that's going to help him out? So Johnny is delivering the food and he says, I know you're not contagious. Oh, he's trying to find Birdie. That's who Dr. Singh is trying to find. <laughs> Your marbles. I love it. And now we're back to Bear, to Becky. What was the lettering on her shoes? I couldn't read it. <laughs> Pinochle is pure boredom. I remember my parents used to play Pinochle. I can't remember who they played with. Was it my grandparents and my parents? Anyway, they played Pinochle. I never understood it. What did they think they were going to do? They would just yank it off his head? It's a collar. It's not going to... Uh. What was the thing that Gus just picked up off the floor? I didn't couldn't tell what it was. Well, don't lose hope, Gus, and all the other hybrids. You know, they're going to come back for you. All right, hopefully I got this in on time. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> That's okay. We play it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Steve. Great journey on um, season... Or episode two. All right. Let's see what Steve thought about this episode, episode three. Hello, Pake and Rima. This is Steve, and this is for uh, Sweet Tooth, season two, episode three, uh, Chicken or Egg. And hopefully I'll get this one in on time. Oh, so this is, is this that other scientist, right? This isn't Birdie, right? Uh, there it is. The narrator just said the title of the episode. Mic drop. I don't think he actually gets to leave. They kind of come and take him away, kid would definitely be a, a <laughs> terrible choice to make to save the person you love by killing these hybrids. Ugh. So cool that here in season two, we're learning so much more about the world. Here's this free city that Abbott supposedly can't get to. I wonder if that's true, though. Oh, so much for that plan. The Hickeys and the Garcias are no longer with us. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't tell him that you're the leader of the animal army here, Bear. Oh, there is some gray area in the last men. Hmm. Oh, I see. He's taking Gus with him to Fort Smith. <laughs> this poor bartender. Pretty sure your wife is not calling you back. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but I'm pretty sure that's... Oh, but the big man hug. Wow. A working payphone, kids, with a turn dial dial. What do they what do you used to call it? Rotary. Rotary. <laughs> a chicken? Really? Oh, Johnny, bring in Mrs. Singh to uh, see the hybrids. Hey, that was a funny sequence. And then the guy, the, uh, the subtitles, uh, identified this guard as Hulk. <laughs> I can't read what's on the side of that 
toolbox that made him reminded him of Pubba. But man, I remember those old school leather men. I used to carry one when I was in the military all the time. Dang, is that an alligator or a crocodile? Oh, oh that is so creepy. Peter. Oh, and there it is, written on the door. Okay, so we do see that the last men do have a reach here at this town. Oh, I don't think this cure is going to last very long, though. Uh-oh, the guard just told him that the chameleon didn't escape. Aw. Oh, it's baby Gus. Aw. Oh, this guy is just evil, General Abbott. There may be some gray area in the last men, but not in General Abbott. See you later. really good <laughs> that was really good steve is all of us in in those reactions sometimes <laughs> yeah. really good. thank you steve um thanks for getting your feedback in we always enjoy hearing from you and all of our listeners who take the time um got a couple couple new new names that have popped up this season so that's been awesome so keep it coming y'all we have many more episodes to go. We want to keep hearing from you. Mm. All right. So next for us, um, we are going to be covering season two, episode four of Sweet Tooth titled Bad Men. Mm. Does not sound promising. Does not. Not seeing a whole lot of <laughs> love and light in that that title. But um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll get to watch that soon after that wrap this episode and find out what okay. the heck happens next. Jump in and watch. <laughs> always. Always. <clears throat> yeah. Again, thanks for everybody who wrote in, called in. Those new names is awesome. And if you'd like to write in and give us feedback of any kind and join the conversation here, you can always find all the contact information you need over podcast. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows like Pig and Daphne at Run for Your Lives. Do yes, you, which we are back this week. Yay! Our new season officially starts on Friday, so very soon. And we are coming back. The first episode of the season, always a favorite of ours. We always have to start with the big favorites. So this season, we're starting with Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead because <sighs> it's just amazing. Such a good one. <laughs> Classic. Mm hmm. So yeah, definitely check that out if you're interested in, uh, if you're listening to this, like, right here, like, Wednesday night, Thursday morning when this drops, and you still have time to send in a little feedback. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Every Everyone should drop their feedback and uh, listen to the episode and listen to all y'all's great content. Y'all cover some really great classics, but also some fun, obscure things as mm -hmm. well. You know, y'all have covered some things that I'm like, where the hell did you even hear about that? <laughs> be like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I admire how you guys seem to find these things and, and then cover them. So that's awesome. Yeah. We have fun for sure. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And lots of other good stuff going on at podcast. Uh, of course, uh, Yellow Jackets still running strong from season two going strong. The Marvelous Miss Maisel final season podcast is going on. Um, yeah, those are kind of the main ones. I'm sure there are little other things popping up here or there. But yeah, to keep up to date with all of that, again, podcastica.com, you can see all the shows that are going on. And you can uh, follow, subscribe, rate, review all the ones that you find 
that you enjoy. That always helps out. Yeah, go and show everyone some love. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pay. And Dylan from Essex County is strange indeed.